Okay, so this is the Cafe American podcast. Coming back to you after a long hiatus. A lot has gone on in my life and in my work. It doesn't matter. I've been out for a long time. Now it's time to get back into the grind of everything that's going on. As you know, if you want to catch me elsewhere, you can catch me on WUSB 90.1 FM. And that's on... You can go to WUSB.FM, too. I'm there every other Sunday from 8 to 10 p.m. I'm also on a podcasting network called On The Wake Up Radio. And I do a show there, Resonance, every Thursday from 9 to 11 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, It's a bit of a drag because apparently uh, my social life revolves around events occurring on Thursdays. So (laughs) I can... I can never really win all the way with this one, but it's good because you get to uh, do more podcasting. And who doesn't want to do that? Who doesn't want to hear yours truly broadcast to you live more and more than what's normal? So, I mean, it's a fantastic organization that I'm with, and uh, apparently they're going a long way. So I'm going to make this quick. I'm not going to do my normal hour and a half, hour and 15 podcasts. I'm going to try to keep this a little briefer. Especially since I didn't really perform any show prep. So we're going to explore these articles in real time. So your broadcast professional is going to engage and embark on a journey of improvisation to see where we end up. So of course you know, if you, or if you know me, uh, as a person, I enjoy the smuttier things in life. And yes, freshman representative Katie Hill, Democrat from California is resigning and do you know why she's resigning because she's flapping those titties around yes ladies and gentlemen she is apparently engaging in sexual relationships with her staffers and guess what those pictures of her titties and her cabbage cookie flapping around were leaked to the daily mail and there's one picture of her that is shown and it's (laughs) it's her Excuse me. (coughs) See, this is why I enjoy uh, terrestrial radio instead. Because I have a dump button and you wouldn't have to hear me cough and hack up a lung. But since we we have to go on. Because I'm not going to do more than one take in all this. So, anyway. Freshman representative Katie Hill, Democrat of California, is shown there taking a big rip off of a bong with a skull and crossbones on it. (laughs) And she is just tossing everything around. And all you can hear in the background is The Stripper, an old song by the 1950s and 60s. So... She said to us, and she's only 32 years old. I don't understand how I didn't get elected to office. But this woman, well, maybe I do understand it. Maybe I have to flop my titties around and show my balls. It is with a broken heart that today I announce my resignation from Congress. This is the hardest thing I have ever had to do. Something tells me she's had harder things to do on Saturday nights. But I believe it is the best thing for my constituents, my community, and my country. Having private photos of personal moments weaponized against me has been an appalling invasion of my privacy. It's also illegal, and we are currently pursuing all of our available 
legal options for the mistakes made along the way and the people who have been hurt. I am sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, no, you're not sorry. You're not sorry. You're sorry you got caught, you stupid idiot. <laughs> so what do you expect to happen? You led people, a, a, a government elected, <laughs> somebody elected into a government. She is allowing herself to, to be photographed and videotaped of her ripping off of bongs, flashing her tits, and taking traffic cones up her snatch. I mean, <laughs> what do you expect is going to happen, sweetheart? <laughs> and it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Something tells me that it isn't the hardest thing you've had to do. Something tells me that you probably enjoy a train. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, go to... <laughs> Oh, boy. It's one of those moments. Yeah, it's time for bed. All right. So, something tells me that you've taken a lot of dick. And Fox News. <laughs> Chad Pergram <clears throat> tweeted, Representative Katie Hill to resign amid ethics investigation relationships with aides with photos. This is a big resignation for Democrats. They flipped that seat from red to blue last cycle. Defeating Representative Stephen Knight. She's expected to quit by the end of the week. Nancy Pelosi rewarded her for her victory last fall, promoting her onto the House Democratic Whip team. Hill has also secured a position as the vice chair of the House Oversight Committee. Not anymore. And all of a sudden we realize how she got into all of those lofty positions. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, more than likely she was putting out not that that is anything out of the ordinary in politics. The way you get to the top is by being a bottom. So moving on with the Democrat foibles, Nancy Pelosi has decided in all of her brilliance to begin an impeachment vote, finally, on Thursday. Yes, this Thursday coming up, she is supposed to be holding a vote to as to whether or not the impeachment inquiry has made any headway and subsequently if it has made any headway what they're going to do about it and they are going to be put on the spot with a vote from Nancy Pelosi now Nancy Pelosi well she's just as filthy as the rest of them Democrat or Republican it doesn't matter they're all filthy dirty reprehensible human beings and Nancy Pelosi her, her son oh my god her son I'm coughing. <laughs> I have guttural err. I mean, this is not this is not the sign of a broadcast professional. This is the sign of a booze hound that has just come back from happy hour, but which, by the way, I did not do. <clears throat> anyway, Nancy Pelosi, her son went off to the Ukraine to exploit the the overthrown government, along with Teresa Hines Carey's son. And Hunter Biden, along with other Democrat offspring. Yes, they all went to the Ukraine. They all tried to exploit everything over there. Nancy Pelosi is not innocent. And for some reason, she has decided to bring the vote to a head this Thursday. So, interestingly, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy 
said that we will not legitimize the Schiff Pelosi sham impeachment. It's been 34 days since Nancy Pelosi unilaterally declared her impeachment inquiry. Today's backtracking is an admission that this process has been botched from the start. And subsequently, we will not legitimize the Schiff-Pelosi sham impeachment. Thank you very much. There is no reason to impeach Donald Trump. There has been no evidence. It's all hearsay. The supposed ambassador that testified, big-time Democrat, the whistleblower, whoever this person is, the whistleblower is represented by a big-time Democrat law firm. <clears throat> His lawyer, intern for Chuck Schumer, intern for Hillary Clinton. And the, the, the first thing that this whistleblower does is he goes to Adam Schiff. Now, if you are a genuine whistleblower, the first thing that you do is that you follow the standard operating procedures. And there are helplines within organizations and agencies that allow you to blow the whistle on illegal things in a confidential manner. This did not happen. The first thing this asshole did was run to Adam Schiff. So this says to me, this is another political hit job being pursued by Democrats and Republicans that do not like Donald Trump. Big surprise there. Moving on. The whistleblower's complaint was essentially, according to sources, written by lawyers. The whistleblower is not a lawyer, so how did he understand the language to use while he wrote his complaint? He obviously had help. And he didn't write the complaint. And we found out later on that there was this whistleblower is just conveying hearsay. The first the, the second whistleblower, which turns out to be the first whistleblower's source, also apparently is using hearsay. So that means you've got two people hearing gossip. Person A told person B. Person B went to Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff assisted him with writing up a legally worded document disguised as a whistleblower document. And then once per whistleblower B is criticized, you all of a sudden have whistleblower A come out and say, oh, no, 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 I can validate it. I can va You've got circular evidence, and it makes no sense. It's a hit job. It's based on gossip. There is no quid pro quo. There is nothing that's going to happen. Now, Nancy Pelosi is bringing this to a vote. She's saying enough is enough. Let's have this happen. Nancy Pelosi has never been in, really in favor of an impeachment of Donald Trump because she knows nothing is there. Not with Russia, not with the Ukraine, not with quid pro quos, not by grabbing people by the pussies. Nothing is there. So what she's doing is, is that she's probably going to get the impeachment vote. 
she's probably going to allow the impeachment to proceed. But the difference is, is that it won't go anywhere. If they impeach Donald Trump, he's still going to be in office. He's still going to win the 2020 election because it's going to get a lot worse. Donald Trump is in a race against time. He's got, uh, what's that investigator's name? He's from Connecticut. He's looking into the origins of Russiagate. And it, it, it is now no longer, uh, I think it's, uh, it was an investigation, but now it's a criminal investigation, which means people can be subpoenaed. And you've got people like James Comey out there saying, I've got nothing to worry. I'm not worried about anything. And Clapper, when he found out about it, he was on, I think it was MSNBC or CNN. I think it was MSNBC. He was beside himself. I never heard in all of my life one person say the word, uh, so many times. He was clearly shaken by the whole thing because these people believe that their tracks are covered, but they're not. They're not. People are starting to turn on this. People are starting to realize that the Obamas, the Clappers, the Comeys, the Clintons, they're starting to realize that the tide is turning against those people. And a lot of truth is going to come out next year. Mark my words. If you think, if you think that Donald Trump will let all of this just go by the wayside and let bygones be bygones, you've got another thing coming because you're looking at somebody that now has all of the power that was used against him and he can go after the people that abused their positions of power and they did abuse their positions of power all of the people well we've got to see what's really out there no you're playing devil's advocate with rumors and you're using inference and hearsay as evidence. And this will not be allowed to pass. Whether you like these people or not. This, th these people do need to be made public. And so now Nancy Pelosi is out there. And she is in a race against time too. Because she has to impeach Donald Trump before the criminal investigation. That's investigating the whole origins of Russiagate and all that. Before that is made public. That is why she is doing this. And though the report of the investigator general is supposed to come out, oddly enough, at the end of October. And when is the impeachment vote going to be made? Why? October 31st. And what day of the week is October 31st, you may ask? Why, it is Thursday, the last day of October just when the inspector general's report is supposed to come out so what you really have is a pissing contest because Pelosi knows damn well that any quote unquote evidence she has is tissue paper thin so what she's trying to do is get ahead of the inspector general's report release or the release of the inspector general's report so that the impeachment is already voted on, they've already started the impeachment inquiry, and they can bury the investigator general's report into how the Russia Gate thing started. And how the FISA courts were misled and abused. Although I don't believe the FISA courts 
were misled. I believe the FISA courts were complicit. So this is exactly what you're looking at. And it is a disgusting display, disgusting display of what politics is really all about. Now, if you talk to a Democrat or a liberal or a, a never-Trumper, they are out for blood. They don't see the abuse of power that's going on that we do. All they see is somebody trying to stand up to the racist, bigoted, warm Donald Trump. That's all they see. They don't see how the Democrats have been abusing their offices of power to the nth degree. It's reprehensible behavior, and it's disgusting. It is disgusting. And Nancy Pelosi is going to have an uphill battle if she loses this vote. And I think she will. There's not, there's not enough there. There's just not enough there. I mean, you have Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is holding all of these hearings in a closed-door session below Capitol Line Hill. And the first thing he says is there is not going to be any classified information talked about in these sessions. So if there isn't any classified information that's going to be talked about in these sessions, there is no need for you to have closed-door sessions that kicks out any sort of Republicans that would be allowed to cross-examine any sort of quote-unquote witnesses that you have. It's a sham. Adam Schiff is under a lot of stress because Adam Schiff is in a lot of trouble. Because Adam Schiff has some disgusting, hideous sexual miscreants in his district that he is aligned with. Hello, Ed Buck. Hello, the Standard Hotel, which I've spoken about in the past. I'm not going to speak about it again. House Intelligence Committee Chairman, this is being reported by the Washington Post, who by the Washington Post, they really... They really shit the bed this week, or last week, when they talked about al-Baghdadi's murder of ISIS. They decided to call him a re austere religious scholar. No, he wa Baghdadi was not an austere religious scholar. He was as – now, if we're to go down this road, and I put asterisks all over this. If we're to go down this road, al-Baghdadi was a Mossad agent. So that means he was probably Jewish. So he was coordinating with Mossad and CIA to hijack the any sort of Muslims in the region to create a mercenary force to go after uh, Bashar al-Assad for an oil pipeline and also ancient technology and oil fields in northern Syria. That's what this was all about. And I'll go into that later on. But anyway, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, Democrat of California, meanwhile, said that a former deputy national security advisor had, quote unquote, no basis in law to skip a deposition Monday and that his failure to appear was further evidence of Trump's effort to obstruct justice. Yes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this was the former security advisor Charles Cooperman 
who served as a deputy to former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Many believe, by the way, that John Bolton is whistleblower number two, who gave whistleblower number one the information. So John Bolton, by the way, um, once he was fired, you had all of these weird things going on internationally. You had the Ukraine quid pro quo thing. All of that happened almost immediately after John Bolton was fired. John Bolton was the worst warmongering fuck you can ever, ever come across in your life. And so he was fired, and he had his little butt hurt. So go ahead. Bring the vote to a four. Allow them to vote on impeachment. It will not do you any good, even if you get the impeachment vote. Even if you get it. There's going to be so much evidence against, or a lack thereof, to prove your point. There's go there's, it's going to be embarrassing yet again. It's going to be another Mueller investigation flop. And all of these Democrat hopefuls, they're out there saying, well, we have to see the evidence. We have to wait and see because Adam Schiff is doing his investigation. No, you don't. He's not doing an investigation. If Adam Schiff was, was serious about anything, one, he would have leaked it. Two, he would have subpoenaed people, and he didn't. All he did was send out letters to people saying, you know, I'd really wish, you know, I, I, I'm inviting you to, to, to uh, testify in front of me. And uh, no. And Adam Schiff, another thing about Adam Schiff, he has to stop taking those drugs. Every time he goes out in the public eye, his, his eyes bulge out of his head. His pupils are the size of dish saucers. Whatever he's on, whether it's cocaine, whether it's LSD, or whatever else you got up there, just stop it. Go away. So anyway, go ahead. Bring the impeachment to a four. We'll see where that goes. And I'm promising you, if they do get the vote, it's going to be embarrassing for the Democrats next year. Promise you that. And I hate saying things like this because... I'm not necessarily anti-Democrat. I'm not necessarily pro-Trump either. But the amount of, of just ridiculous behavior and bullshittery going on is just overwhelmingly coming from the Democrat side of the aisle. It's embarrassing. How could you call yourself a Democrat? You don't have any evidence for any of this. And you're out there waving flags and saying we are against fascism. You sound like an idiot. Go put another vagina, stuffed vagina on your head and march around. You look stupid that way too. But at least you got some attire. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, moving on. I need a drink. <coughs> Excuse me. So, moving on. This week... And I'll leave you with this. Let's see if I can get this done. <laughs> I had no intents of being this long, but here we are. This week, Donald Trump parades out there saying that al-Baghdadi, a big-time ISIS guy, is killed. He ran like a dog. 
he was cornered he did this he did nothing he eventually blew himself up with a suicide vest and killed his kids with him so that was the big announcement oh my gosh we should be proud to be americans because we finally got rid of and found a rogue cia assets that was evading capture That's what really happened here. So ISIS, listen, ISIS is not a grassroots terrorist organization. It's not. It's not. Sorry. What it is, is a mercenary force that's been funded by the West. And that includes France, England, United States, Israel, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, UAE, so on and so forth. The usual suspects that try to overthrow governments by force. So, what do we have here? They wanted Bashar al-Assad out of the way for numerous reasons. I mean, there could be an oil pipeline. They're trying to counter China. They're trying to eliminate Russian influence. Uh, from the Syrian port that Russia has, which is its only port in the Mediterranean. So all of that plays together. Now, there's also an ancient technology angle to all of this. And those items are in northern Syria. Oddly enough, where the oil fields are. There are a bunch of ancient sites that are uh, situated within northern Syria, northeastern Syria, controlled by the Kurds. And there has been a lot of rumors and reports that the West and the Americans that invaded Syria illegally brought in archaeological teams to perform these digs to find whatever it is that they're looking for. So that is my theory. And that's not my theory, but those are reports. But my theory it uh, goes along with those reports. And that is these weapons of mass destruction aren't necessarily weapons of mass destruction that we all know and love. It's not going to be chemical, biological, or nuclear. It's going to be frequential, meaning it relies on frequencies. It relies on energy being pumped through certain stones or certain objects that manipulate the frequencies that we all interact with. So you're talking about things that are faster than the speed of light because light involves a frequency. So the frequencies make up light. So it's one step ahead of light. You've also got a super, what I think they call it super sound or super sound wave, something like that. But they found out, and this was, they, this was released by the MIT. And what it's not very, it's not reported very often. But they found out that frequency and sound can travel faster than light. So this is the kind of thing that I'm thinking of. When I hear weapons of mass destruction, that means they're going after some ancient technology that's been forgotten. And you've got to look towards the ancient texts to find out what all this stuff is. Uh, the Epic of Nunurta, I believe, is uh, talks all about this stuff. A big old war. And it just reads like an inventory list, if I remember correctly. 
Um, and this is what those people did with that. We couldn't destroy these weapons, so we had to hide them. We destroyed those weapons because they're too dangerous. And these other weapons are still around, but they are quarantined. So a lot of that is from ancient texts. And this is what I believe is really going on. So the reason why Baghdadi had to be killed is because he was a rogue element. He was no longer supporting the United States or supportive of the United States. He was no longer being paid attention to by uh, Israel or the United States or the West. So essentially, he was trying to align himself with uh, elements in Turkey. So what that means is that al-Baghdadi has a lot of dirty information about the United States and how ISIS was formed and what the true purpose of ISIS is. Does anybody wonder why this organization is known as ISIS? The ancient Egyptian goddess ISIS? Do some research into that. There is a specific reason why these people are called ISIS. So he was no longer cooperating. And he and his brain and his knowledge could not be allowed to fall into some other nation's hands. So what this means is that the United States had to supposedly take him out. Now, the issue with the whole story is as follows. This isn't the first time Baghdadi has died. And the Russians were keen to point that out. <laughs> okay, so. This is how it supposedly went down. Baghdadi evaded two or three American raids before a critical tip led to his downfall. The CIA started receiving surprising information about Baghdadi's general location over the summer, per the New York Times. Syrian and Iraqi Kurds were tremendously helpful in providing this information, but the final tip that helped inspire the raid came from the after the arrest and interrogation of one of Baghdadi's wives and a courier. Okay, so this is interesting. And the reason why that's interesting is what was really going on? Why did the United States, quote-unquote, withdraw from Syria? They didn't withdraw from They took 50 people and they brought them behind the Euphrates or the Tigris. One of those. That's all they did. They didn't retreat. The United States is still there. The United States is still in Syria. And the United States is still controlling the oil fields after it illegally invaded in 2009. Ten years of a secret illegal invasion executed by the United States. So... We have this going on. All of a sudden, with the withdrawal, how could this be? The media outrage. They're, uh, the, the United States is withdrawing from an illegal war. 
and they're leaving their allies, but the Kurds behind. What's interesting about the timeline? Not all, well. First off, what's interesting is that the Democrats went apeshit over fifty people moving away from a twenty-mile strip. So that's nonsense. That is feign outrage because the Democrats don't give a shit. They are just as war hungry as any Republican out there. So that's one. Two. They withdrew to behind a river in American-occupied areas. And the Americans have no plans on leaving those oil fields. Turkey invades. This is what probably happened. Trump and Turkey spoke, or Pence and Aragon spoke, and said, we know that you're talking to al-Baghdadi and we can't let him live. You can go after the Kurds, but we have to have al-Baghdadi. So they probably gave Pence the roundabout area where he was. What is interesting also is you have to look at the travel logs of one Nancy Pelosi and one Adam Schiff. Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff supposedly traveled to the Middle East. And at the same time, the United States government truly found where al-Baghdadi's location was, is the same time and the same uh, time frame as Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi visiting the Middle East. So let me go one step further. I wouldn't be surprised if representatives from the United States, care of Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff, met with al-Baghdadi. And the United States government or the CIA was tracking them the whole time. So once they decided to make connections and contact with al-Baghdadi, that's when the CIA and the special forces knew where he was. Because I can't figure out why on earth Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff would go to the Middle East at that particular time unless they knew... Al-Baghdadi's number was up. And they tried to warn him in some way. Because remember, this is a Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, John McCain hoodwink. Al-Baghdadi was a good friend of former Senator John McCain. Yes, John McCain cavorted with terrorists. He cavorted with neo-Nazis in the Ukraine. John McCain, probably involved with human and child trafficking because his state bordered Mexico. John McCain, who would do who would stop at nothing to bomb brown people for any reason he could think of. It's nonsense. Nonsense. So there was the New York Times. They're saying, well, you know, there's there's some discrepancies with the stories. Well, the New York Times, one, you can't believe it. And two, 
They said that the successful raid came in spite of, not because of, Trump's decision to pull U.S. forces out of Syria. And many are already speculating that Baghdadi was only hiding with Turkey's blessing and that it now appears he was used as a bargaining chip in the negotiations between Trump and Erdogan, the, the Turkish president. Uh, the Russians, meanwhile, are insisting that Baghdadi isn't really dead. In other words, the, the decision to pull out of Syria was the quid, and the information about Baghdadi's whereabouts was the pro quo. The United States, and subsequently the United States, came out and said that we've identified Baghdadi by the bloodstains in his underwear. Okay. So, if he's a terrorist, part of a grassroots organization... How does the United States have Baghdadi's DNA on file to ver to validify, validate, jeez, I can't speak, to validate that it was really him that was dead? Because I know damn well if you're a terrorist and you are a freedom fighter and you're going against major governments, you would not have your DNA on file unless you were an intelligence asset. So there you go. And then there we go with the car in the background. So, going along with this, Baghdadi's dead, supposedly. The Russians were trolling him the whole time. It was, it was great. It was pretty funny. So Baghdadi's dead. The Democrats, in an effort to downplay everything associated with Donald Trump, comes out as Washington Post in particular comes out with a headline that is atrocious so if we're going along with the public narrative that Baghdadi is a horrible human being beheader of Americans beheader of Western uh, individuals and uh, just an all-around terrorist that is unrelenting cold-blooded and will stop at nothing, nothing, to kill more human beings. The Washington Post, owned by Jeff Bezos of Amazon Notoriety, decided to release the headline, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, austere religious scholar at helm of Islamic State, dies at 48. What? Are you serious right now? Are you kidding me that the Washington Post says he's an austere religious scholar at the helm of the Islamic State? Four years ago, five, ten years ago, ISIS was the worst terrorist organization this planet has ever faced. They were going to sweep the Middle East up in a righteous fire, all being executed for Allah. Now, if this is such a radical Muslim organization, how come they never went after Israel? How come they never really went after Western powers? They only ever really went after other Muslims. So this is not really a radical Muslim organization. It's a mercenary force that has done some PR work to make it look like it's a radical organization in the name of Islam. It is fake. It's not real. 
Does anybody remember Jihadi John? Yeah, remember him? He was the guy in the videos that were uh, that had too much saturation and overexposure that was supposedly beheading Westerners left and right. Except all the videos stopped right before he actually did the beheading. Which means nothing happened. Remember him? Nobody remembers him. I mean, it's ridiculous. And the Washington Post tried to tried to change it a couple of times, and uh, it's it's just it's very sad, very sad. And he was <laughs> <coughs> see this is what happens when you broadcast with a dry throat. He was said to uh, Baghdadi was said to have. Uh, books strapped to his person everywhere he went. They made him seem like he was just a warrior monk trying to enlighten the desert. How soon we forget! Also along with this, Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley, or Miley, whatever his name is, announced that there were two adult males taken off the objective alive. They're in our custody... And they are in a secure facility. Read Black Sight and being tortured. And they could reveal a trove of ISIS clues. No, what's really going on is that they want these people out of circulation and they want to make sure that they don't talk to anybody else because they know that the United States ha are, is up to its eyeballs in all of this. And, of course, there are no Baghdadi remains anywhere. Just like Osama bin Laden supposedly had an, uh, an Islamic funeral, a burial at sea. Does anybody remember that story? Does anybody think that that is a little bit ridiculous? And if you actually measure the timelines with the story of when Osama bin Laden was raided and killed and when he was buried at sea, these weapon these uh, uh troop transports they needed to travel at near light speed in order to make the distances so it's 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 another nonsense story iran was laughing at donald trump and uh communications technology uh the minister of information and communications technology mohammad javed azari Jaron, oh my god, this name, holy crap, how many more syllables can we throw in there? Declared that Baghdadi's elimination was not a big deal and that Washington had simply destroyed its own creature. He said, not a big deal, you killed your own creatures. Something very big has just happened. No, it hasn't. So he's right about that. He's absolutely right about that. There's nothing, nothing here. There's nothing to this story about Baghdadi. It's political points. It's meant to help out Donald Trump. It's meant to derail some of the Democrat nonsense as well. Meanwhile, in separate statements, the Iranian government spokesperson Ali Rabia asserted that Baghdadi's death would not ultimately put a stop to the Islamic State. Thank you very much. All they wanted to do was take out the head so they can insert another head. As the death of Osama bin Laden didn't eradicate terrorism, the death of al-Baghdadi will not put an end to Daesh, Daeshism, whatever that is. Explain, well, we know what that is, Daesh, Daesh, 
day-ish, day-ish, uh, through American policies and regional petrodollars. Oh, boy. Something very telling there. I'll get back to that. Terror-nurturing swamps that need to be drained is what is happening here. Petrodollars, meaning that all oil has to be traded in dollars. You're seeing it move closer and closer to a uh, trade without petrodollars. So Russia, China, Iran, South Korea, uh, they're all trying, uh, North Korea, excuse me, not South Korea. They're all trying to trade oil and trade without the U.S. dollar. And now you know why all of those countries are on the terrorist shit list. What they want is to trade without being beholden to the U.S. dollar. And now you know why they're terrorist organizations, supposedly. The raid was impeccable. This is according to Trump and could have only taken place with the acknowledgement and help of certain other nations and people. I want to thank the nations of Russia, Syria, Turkey, and Iraq. And I would also like to thank the Syrian Kurds for certain support they were able to give us. So... What's interesting about that statement is the following. I want to thank the nations, Russia, Syria, Turkey, and Iraq. You had Democrat strategists up in arms trying to gin up fervor against Trump because the first nation that Trump thanked was Russia. So they're trying to categorize this as Trump once again kowtowing to Vladimir Putin and Russia. Nonsense. Nonsense. It's all nonsense. The Democrats are still trying to go on that angle. And it's it's just so stupid. They sound ridiculous. The defense ministry. This is according to Russia. The defense ministry does not have reliable information about the actions of the U.S. Army in the Idlib de-escalation zone concerning the umpteenth death of Baghdadi. Defense minister spokesperson Igor uh, Konoshenkov said in a statement after President Trump thanked Russia for its assistance. We are unaware of any alleged assistance to the flying of U.S. aviation into the airspace of the Idlib de-escalation zone during this operation, he also said. So basically, he's saying that Trump is full of shit. And he made fun of the United States and trolled them by saying the umpteenth death of Baghdadi. They know that nothing really happened here. They know for a fact that this is political nonsense. And they say it is just mere propaganda. The Daily Beast cited Russian state, Russian state TV uh, correspondent Denis Devyadov as saying Trump has elections coming up in a year and this announcement of al-Baghdadi's liquidation will add some points to the commander-in-chief. That's all this is. That's all this is. And the Russian defense minister, ministry, said there were legitimate questions and doubts about the very fact of the U.S. operation and especially its success. And rejected the notion that it, it opened its administered airspace over the Idlib de-escalation zone to question or in question to U.S. warplanes. So the United States is saying, yeah, this is what we did. And the Russians were kind enough to open up that airspace. The Russians go, we what? What happened there? 
And how many times can you kill this guy? It's all crap. It's all crap. And Russia went one step further and called for the withdrawal of U.S. troops whom it seems as illegitimately deployed to Syria amid reports that the Pentagon plans to send additional troops into northeastern Syria. As for the presence of American soldiers in Syria, our position is well known, said Dmitry Peskov. Russian units are present in Syria legitimately at the invitation of Syrian leadership. Okay, which the United States has not done. So this is going to come to a head. This whole situation is going to come to a head, and it's not going to look good for Trump or the Democrat that is elected or Trump in the next election cycle. It's not going to look good because, because the United States does not have a leg to stand on. They invaded a country illegally and secretly, took over its oil fields, and pillaged its cultural heritage in the search for weapons of mass destruction of the ancient variety. And other countries see right through this. Iraq is a terrorist haven. You don't think it got that way from nothing, do you? The United States is supposedly in control of Iraq with its proxy government. And somehow, terrorist organizations like Al-Qaeda, Al-Nusra, ISIS, so on and so forth, they're allowed to flourish all throughout Iraq? They're allowed to be infiltrated into Iran? They're allowed to invade Syria? No, of course not. Of course not. A terrorist organization is not allowed to do that. A mercenary force is. That's what's going on. Al-Baghdadi had to be quote-unquote killed if he was really killed because he knew too much and he was probably ready to squeal to other nations about the secrets that he knew involving the United States, the West, and Israel, and Saudi Arabia. Whether or not al-Baghdadi was killed is irrelevant. The story is out there. And this is going to lead to more disruption because the Russians aren't buying it. The Iranians aren't buying it. The Chinese aren't buying it because al-Baghdadi died multiple times. And as we all know, you can only die once. So that's it for me, the Cafe Americane podcast. I was trying to get this done in under an hour, and I did, but not by much. So you can listen to me on Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube, and you can go to WUSB.FM. You can listen to me there every other Sunday from 8 to 10 p.m. Or you can go to 90.1 WUSB. If you're in the New York area, you can also listen to me. I do a show called Resonance broadcast to you via on the wakeupradio.com. So I'm once again your host, Chris, and I will be here next week.